You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Drawing Board Podcast. This is the founder and host, Andre Ebron. Listen, I am excited to be with you all this evening. It is the last Tuesday of 2020. I know everybody is ready to cross that threshold uh, into the new year, 2021. Uh, But here's the question. Uh, I know we say it every year, new year, new me, new ideas, new goals, new ambitions. Uh, We've had, all of us have had to restructure uh, how we are doing things based upon this global pandemic. But my question is, what is the condition of your mindset? What have you learned from 2020? What, what, how have you restructured and reprioritized your life based upon what you have learned? Or be honest with yourself, have you just been on that train saying, I'm just trying to get through 2020 uh, and into 2021 so that it'll be a, a, a breath of fresh air for me, and then I'll make a decision based upon that. But wherever you are, you are actually at the drawing board. And the drawing board, the purpose of the entire podcast and the, the purpose of the entire nation is to create an experience that will transform the world. When I said the nation, the drawing board nation, uh, it is to create an experience that will transform the world. And so my challenge to you is to examine your life, to reimagine the possibilities and to take action. Tonight, I'm going to lay it out for you. I'm literally going to lay out some of the speaker secrets that I have used in my professional speaking career, as well as uh, along the line within my professional career, just my, uh, you know, you have to be bivocational out here. So we always are talking about multiple streams. So what I, what I do within my career through, throughout the day as a Dean of Climate and Culture for Detroit Public Community, excuse me, Detroit Public School Community District, I'm going to share with you uh, what I do as a professional speaker. And I know that it's going to empower you. I know that it's going to be impactful. Hopefully you have your phone out to take notes. Uh, I do not plan on leaving this broadcast up uh, on my Facebook for too long. It's really for those that will engage uh, while I'm live. I'll leave it up probably throughout the night, allow you to take notes from it. And then from that point, I want you to contact me at info at the drawingboardnation.com. Info at the drawingboardnation.com where you'll be able to get more information. So let's just dive right into it. When I talk about speaker secrets, uh, some of you all are saying, oh man, is he going to show me how to position myself to get booked? Is he going to show me how to take my my pain points, transfer them into passion points, convert them into power points, leading to a purposeful point, and and ultimately leading to a profitable point? Nope, that's not what I'm here to talk about tonight. I'm not here to tell you how to get booked. I'm talking about all of the prereqs that go into you before you get before an audience. And I don't care if you are a seasoned veteran speaker or if you are a novice speaker. I know a lot of times people who believe that uh, because they have been preaching at church or in their faith community or they are the hit sensation at their family reunion that they are ready to be before an audience uh, of other people to share a message. Let me tell you, I take speaking extremely serious. And here's one of the things that you can write down. Be careful what you say to people because someone might actually believe you. Now, why is that important? Because if someone begins to restructure their life based upon something motivational that you share, something inspirational that you share, a purview, a perspective, an idea, an opinion that you give, and they start restructuring their life because they believed what you said, and it turns out to be disastrous because it is not something founded upon solid principles, I want to tell you as a speaker, you are responsible for that. I know you may think that it's a disclaimer. Yes, everyone has the ability to make their own choices, but if you are going to stand on any platform any stage, whether it be virtual or whether it be physical, you are responsible for the words that you speak from that point. No, it's not just 
uh, becoming a social media sensation or crazed or to draw attention to speak into or to speak over somebody's life. That is serious business. And so if you're listening to me right now and you aren't prepared to take the responsibility of someone else restructuring or changing their life based upon what you share or the information that you give, specifically from a motivational, inspirational, or some professional uh, opinion, somewhere where you're establishing yourself as an authority, then you don't need to be speaking. But if you are prepared to take and harness that responsibility that you are speaking into and over someone's life that may may cause them to change what they currently believe, to influence them to make decisions based upon the information you give, then I think you're ready for this speaker secret class. I'll share with you, when I was a a dean of students um, for a charter school in Metro Detroit, I also coached the debate team. It was myself and one colleague. I actually initially was brought on as a support because I I was extremely busy. I was trying to get the business established and I was still working in the school system. So I didn't have a lot of additional time I'll tell people when I'm when I'm getting ready, I don't have any uh, more volunteer time. I'll tell them, listen, I'm, I'm at my volunteer max. And so anything that I do from this point, especially being away from my family, being away from my home for any period of time, when I have already extended, I'm at my volunteer max, it has to be compensated. I cannot come home back home to my wife and say, I've been gone all of this time. I don't have any fruit to show from it. And I would encourage you for that as well. When you begin speaking, I want you to understand that a lot of times people will give you an opportunity to speak. And most of the times it will be for free because you have not established yourself as a proven speaker. You don't have the social proof to demonstrate that. And even though you may have the linguistic skills, you may be a great orator. If you have if you don't have the social proof, people are going to say, hey, listen, you have to cut your teeth a little bit. You have to earn your stripes before we start exchanging your time value and compensating you. And it's okay because all of those places you get a chance to speak for free, you get a chance to hone your craft and you get a chance to give it. Listen, I don't care if there's one people, 10 people, 10,000 people. You give everyone the, you because you have integrity, you give them the same quality performance, the same quality of information, the same level of engagement as if you were being compensated in the greatest matter that could change your life. You know why? Because it's not practice makes perfect, but it's perfect practice makes perfect. Whatever you do in training, uh, your your body, your mannerisms, your ability to articulate yourself has muscle memory. You'll know when you're getting ready to shift and bring people into a more focused place by slowing the rhythmic motion of your voice. You'll know when to get people excited because you're ready for them to move to action. You'll have all of those different tools and techniques that you'll get a chance to hone your craft in some of those places of obscurity. So let's start. When um, I was coaching debate, we had prepared one of our students to we, gave, we had given them all of the information. Uh, we had The research was already done for them by the Urban Debate League. Uh, if you're in Metro Detroit, it's a great place uh, to get your, your students involved with the Urban Debate League. And our team had never competed. Our team had never debated. Uh, this was their first introduction to debate. So our student, this young lady, she was prepared. She had already gotten the balance of the information to argue in the affirmative and the negative. I had already given her uh, some of the, the techniques and the tactics to be able to take notes, to listen to their opponent, uh, and to counter any argument that they would present regardless to what position they had taken. Uh, she had already practiced with her peers. We had already critiqued her style of presentation. Uh, we had gone over all of the speaker tricks that you could use in order to capture the audience to make sure the judges knew that uh, you had your information down packed, that you could go ahead and throw your opponent off based upon your counter argument or your initial argument, whoever went first. So I'll take you. We're down at Wayne State University. 
The team is in there to support her, even the additional members of the team. We're in there. Um, my colleague, my coworker, uh, who decided to come alongside and we were co-laboring together uh, to prepare the team. It was the English teacher there. And we were sitting there. Uh, she had approached the podium and she stood there. And it was almost like you could see a deer in headlights. And for some of you all, you are jumping into public speaking because you want to conquer your fear of public speaking because your job necessitates that you uh, present or you know that you provide some type of training. So this young lady, I saw the anxiety hitting her face. She stood before, and it was really probably, it was less than 10 people in there, but she stood before us. Her eyes got wide as silver dollars and she boom, took off running out the room. And not only out the room, she ran all the way down the hallway. We were in fast pursuit of her. Uh, and then she ran out of the building. And so we finally caught up to her and I explained to her is that when you are at that podium, you are the professional. Everyone, including the world, we're in this virtual space, the world has turned their ear to hear what you have to say. And so there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. There's only the moment. And you have to start with the number one. There's seven C's, you know, as a speaker, I'm going down my list of making it easy for people to remember. So there are seven C's for these speaker secrets. So I bring her back in there and I say, you approach that because you know that you have that, that podium with confidence because you have prepared. So the number one thing you need as a public speaker, you need to establish confidence. Confidence is the byproduct of preparation. When you know you have prepared, and we always use uh, athletic comparisons or examples. When you know you've taken that shot a million times, doesn't matter how large the audience is, it is still the same shot. And I say have confidence when you're speaking because you know what it is that you believe. When I stand before a group of people, I know my purpose there. My purpose is to challenge people to examine their lives and to reimagine the possibilities. Once I can get someone to believe in themselves, once I can get them to acknowledge that they have not exhausted the possibilities within their current opportunities, then the question is, how do I motivate and mobilize them to take action on what it is that they have discovered? So when you realize that you have the confidence to take actions because you have prepared, you've done the necessary research, you know who your audience is. That's important. There are more keys to that. Know who your audience is. Know who you're speaking to. Know how they engage. If you're a teacher, knowledge of the learner or a speaker, knowledge of the learner is of primary importance. It is not just because you have this wealth of information that you want to share, but you want it to be actionable information. You want the person listening to it to be able to take what they've learned and to immediately apply it and produce a result. The information you give has to be actionable, not just up there uh, espousing principles uh, with no meat, no stakes in it. And here's the thing. Confidence cannot be cultivated before the people. You must believe what it is that you're speaking about, or I, I can tell you people can spot a phony. They won't believe you because you don't have the social proof, nor do you have the experience that validates your voice. Now, I know we're in an age now where everybody can, you know, uh, whether you are starting a podcast or you are on social media, everybody is getting to the point where they have an opinion and they want to express it. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I came from an age where you had to earn the right to speak. And I know in that culture, you say, earn the right to speak. I have freedom of speech. I can speak whenever. No. What I was taught from my mentors is that your voice is so important that you need to have something of substance to say. So before you acquire the substantive knowledge that will transform somebody's life, before you acquire and apply the knowledge and you have some proof, positive social proof experience that what you're saying works, 
then you have not earned the right to present that information because you have it's not tested, it's not vested, it's not watch this. It's not tried and true. You don't have the ability to persuade someone else with integrity that what you're saying is valid. Again, I'm talking about speaking with integrity. So sure, I could read some research something on astrophysicists uh, astrophysics, excuse me, and present something on astrophysics just because I've acquired the knowledge, but I am not an expert in that field. So anything that I say will not withstand interrogation. If someone listening to me has a question about something that I've just read, uh, I won't be able to provide an adequate response because I am not an expert in that field. If you are going to be a public speaker, make sure you develop a level of expertise and speak about that. Public speaking is a very niche market that you have to be an expert in that field. And some people get attention because they're a personality. You like their energy. You like their vibe. You like their flow. And so you come to them to be entertained. That's great. That's an entertainer. And there are different fields of public speaking, whether you are an entertainer, whether you are a motivator, whether you are a panelist, whether you are a keynote. And if, listen, I, my brother Ke, uh, Keon Clinton, he goes through a, a training uh, that teaches you about the different avenues of speaking. I would encourage you to check out um, his training where he does that. He breaks down the different levels and types of speakers. Uh, but tonight I'm talking to you directly about you as a speaker. So number one, develop the confidence. It can only, confidence can only be developed uh, when you have done the due diligence of preparation. Number two, it is about connection. Your audience needs to know that you are there for them. They can tell when you believe that they are there for you because it comes off like you're speaking at them uh, or you're speaking to them. But you want it to be, uh, I'm thinking about restorative practices. I'm thinking it's not what we do uh, two or four, but it's what we do with. And so when you're up there keynoting, when you're up there as a panelist, when you're up there um, doing any type of speaking, you should create a connection. And that needs to be done in the first couple of minutes. When you open your mouth, your initial words are not just to present your topic. Your initial words are to create a level of provocation to challenge people to engage. If you don't challenge them to engage, if you don't create a connection, you're going to be up there and it's going to be like crickets. And it's listen, and it's nothing worse. And the only reason I can speak about this is because I've had that experience. I've been up there and I'm a call and response type of speaker. I love the energy of the audience to kind of fuel what I'm doing. I mean, that's when I'm in my flow. That's when I'm in my rhythm. Of course, I've done professional developments. Uh, but even then, it's kind of call and response. I'm looking for that engagement. And for the speakers in this virtual space, uh, you, even if somebody is nodding their head or somebody's putting up a finger like, hey, make sure it's the right finger, but putting up a finger saying, oh, man, that was good. Or they give you the thumbs up. Or if they are staring at you with a, a, a level of engagement saying, listen, I'm eating all of the words that you're giving me. Keep talking. Keep feeding me. That like that level of engagement that I'm in my rhythm uh, provides me a certain pace. I can tell when someone is actually absorbing the information. Like I can tell that there are people listening. I can literally feel it. It's an exchange uh, of energy there where I'm giving you a lot of power, a lot of impact, a lot of energy. And the fact that you're receiving it is allowing me you're pulling on the gift that's inside of me. And I am compelled to give even more. So creating that connection in the first couple of minutes will determine the flow of the conversation. So number two, create a connection. Number one is create confidence based upon the level of preparation. It has to be vested and vetted. Make sure you know what you're talking about. Then number two, you have to create a connection. I can hear somebody saying, well, Ibran, show me how to do that. All right, in this virtual space where we are at the drawing board, I would ask people this question. Do you desire to be a public speaker that has the power to create change and transform the lives of others by using your voice? 
I, did you see the caption that I put there? I said, to discover your voice is a gift. To learn how to use your voice is an art. And to empower others with your voice is a, is a responsibility and a privilege. Are you that leader? So at this point, people are either saying in their head, no, I'm not that leader. Yes, I am that leader. Or what is this guy talking about? And all I need them to do is ask themselves that question because that question within themselves compels them to continue to listen. Start with questions. Uh, I am not the person that has all of the information, but I am a person that is full of questions. I'm asking myself today, like, man, who on this call, who is listening to this podcast that is getting ready to take the international stage and transform somebody's life? I'm wondering how will they create a connection? In what fields is it? Is it healthcare? Is it education? Uh, is it finance and banking? Is it uh, entrepreneurship? I'm asking myself, what type of industry professionals are listening to this? Is it counseling? Is someone going? Is someone going to sit in your office and you're going to be able to compel them based upon quality information and the texture and tone of your voice to go back home? and rectify their marriage. To be able to be a better father, a better husband, or a mother, or a daughter, like how are families going to be healed because of how you choose to use your voice? Every time someone yields their ear for your influence, you have just entered another stage. Life is a stage. Life is a business. The way you manage it and handle it will determine the quality that you experience. Be careful what you do with your voice. Remember what I said? Be careful what you say to someone because they may actually believe you. Make sure you're being three things. Write this down. When you are speaking, be honest, be vulnerable. And be truthful. I know you think honesty and truthfulness are one and the same thing, but to be honest has a lot to do with your motives. When you are speaking, if you're up there just to get the money, like that's going to become apparent. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not. Listen, I am definitely not uh, talking down on you being compensated for giving your gift to the world. No. I believe that you should be paid worth your salt. Are you worth your salt? When you get up there, you should be compensated based upon the level of, of heat that you're bringing. So I'm encouraging that. But that can't be the motive. The motive has to be impact. Or somebody could say, like uh, Brother Sean Blanchard, that you have a bifurcated goal that is impact and income. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I'm saying that your priority needs to be the people that you're impacting. So after you have uh, developed the confidence, after you created the connection, then we get to this where it's all on you, all eyes on you, your character. Your character will shine through what you say. How do I know that? Well, scriptural principles tell me that. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So whatever you do on that stage, you definitely can't fake the funk. Everyone's talking uh, in a, the speaker realm, uh, present your authentic self. Be who you are. Like All of those things sound really good. But what happens to the person who is up there that hasn't discovered yet who they are? They had their gift has taken them to a place that their character has not qualified them to sustain. When you are speaking, remember that your character, who you are on and off that stage matters to the people that are listening to you. I know tons of people who have lost their platforms, platforms and influence because someone decided that in this virtual space, they were going to follow them home to their Facebook, follow them home to their Instagram, their second Instagram page, follow them home on their LinkedIn profile. 
And the things that they espoused on the stage that they spoke about, it wasn't evident in their personal life. People hate a phony. There are, there's a whole lot of space for redemption. Uh, people are extremely forgiving. But when you hit that stage, they are examining who you are, not just what you say. So your character is of utmost importance. I know someone saying, Ebron, I thought you were giving me the speaker secrets. Listen, there, this is so rich in value. Uh, and what I'm sharing with you, it will take you across the world speaking. Because if you learn that your confidence will shine through, you create connection, and you understand you, your character is the main thing that will draw people in to, to trust you as a valued voice, like establishing trust and belief, creating that in a long for longevity, for you as a speaker, they need to be able to believe you. And your character will determine if they're able to believe you. Does that mean you have to be perfect? Absolutely not. Don't feel pressured to be perfect. But what in that vulnerable space, in that authentic space, in that honest space, that truthful space, you do have to show that what you're talking about will produce a positive result in the lives of those that are listening to you. After you develop that character, that's an ongoing process, ongoing process. Then you get to the point where you are developing content. Please, please, please. Before you start pushing out content, think about how it relates to you. Because if you start changing who you are for attention, if you start changing who you are for likes and comments, if we live on their compliments, then we die by their criticism. There is someone, there's always going to be someone listening to you that disagrees with you and thinks that your speaking is trash. Somebody is not going to like what you have to say. And then they will make a value judgment that because they don't like what you have to say, they automatically don't like you. They will criticize what you have to say. They will say you should have never entered the profession. But when you don't do it for the likes, for the comments, when you don't do it for the applause, when you don't do it for the compliments, then their criticism can't destroy you. Now, listen to their criticism, because even if they don't like you, there may be some valuable uh, information in their criticism that can help you align yourself more accurately to the message that you want to convey. Absolutely. But you don't stop what you believe in just because someone has decided to express their dissenting opinion of you. Think about there. There are millions of people in this world. And will you uh, watch this? Their opinion only takes value when you ascribe value to it. I would ask you, again, examine your character. What is it about you that is so desperate for approval from everyone that one person's criticism, and I don't care who it is, has the power to destroy your goals, your dreams, your ambitions? I uproot that right now. I don't care who said it. No one's one opinion has the, the power to hold your destiny captive if you believe that you are a speaker. If you believe that you are called to release your voice in the earth that will outlast your natural existence on this earth, to empower people to create positive change. If you are a world changer, a change maker, a game changer, don't let someone's opinion stop you, but make sure you inventory that whatever they're saying is not truthful. My mom would tell me about uh, people that uh, would gossip about you, especially, you know, in high school and some people who don't mature past uh, that, that very imma that immature space of talking about people uh, in a negative way. She would say, son, uh, people are going to continue to talk about you. She said, you have a responsibility to just ensure that what they're saying is not true. <laughs> as far as the negative piece, she says, even if what they're saying, if some you've done this is bad out there, she said, just make sure it's not named among you again, because no one is going to live a perfect life. No one is void of criticism and going through challenges. 
And when you realize that about yourself, that it is the law of progression, that you're getting better every single day by choice, then you won't allow someone's criticism. And I don't know why I'm taking so long on this. This this must be ministering to someone. Uh, You don't allow someone's criticism to destroy your confidence. But you also don't think yourself more higher than you ought. Uh, You realize that no one has to listen to you at all. No one owes you anything. They don't have to listen to you. They don't have to comment uh, about how well you've done. They don't have to give you the opportunities. So when someone has turned their ear, yielded their life to your influence, your voice, you need to appreciate that with such a level of gratitude and handle it, steward it with such care that when they leave your presence, they feel like they are better because they were there. So let me be very clear that when you create content, please don't do it just because that's what people are listening to. Now, I'm a different kind of speaker. I'm a different type of, type of social media uh, person. Like, you know, when they see like people are, are dying around the world or some major figure has passed or uh, someone in the community uh, has passed, unless I have some type of personal connection or unless my life was impacted by their life in a very tangible way that I could speak to it with a level of integrity, I'm not posting the picture of this person just to get attention because that's where people are going. I know some people say, oh, well, that's what you have to do to get the followers and likes, and then you'll be able to draw people in to get their message. I will not, I will not devalue myself or I will not try to capitalize on someone else's trauma. Don't be that person. Don't just try to get people be in the trending market uh, just because that's what everybody else is doing. Uh, We recently had uh, a person in Metro Detroit who served our community with such a level of integrity um, that, you know, other people's lives were greatly impacted and will be greatly impacted for generations to come. Um, And I saw so many people posting And I want to say, I want to believe that they did it from a a good place. But, you know, putting his picture all around, um, it really bothered me uh, for some for some things, because you can tell when it's a ploy to just draw viewers in. But when it's done from a place of integrity, uh, the message that is coupled with the picture about his life and the impact that he had in the community is so heartfelt that it literally impacts the reader uh, because there's a personal connection, whether it is a direct personal connection or it's a vicarious experience that they gleaned from a distance. Make sure that your content reflects your heart's intent. Don't just create uh, uh, what they call the sexy content that draws people in. No, make sure that you do it with a level of integrity that when people are looking at your page or they're reading something that you've written, or they they are listening to you speak, that it is from a place of conviction, that that conviction translates into actionable information. Number five, I've gone through four, write them down, confidence, connection, character, content, and number five, competence, competence. Let me say it again. Competence. When you are speaking in these professional environments, a lot of times you may not be the most educated there. You may not even be the person with the greatest level of information about the topic you're speaking on. And what you don't want to happen is you don't want someone who has more information on the topic to be able to refute what you're sharing from that stage or platform. You want them to get into a dialectic, you know, space where they can converse about what it is that you're talking about uh, so much so that if they would want to lend their voice to empower you the more as a speaker. I've seen this happen in so many places. And to me, the place that takes the most abuse is the faith community. So many people get on here and they and they want to go because they're motivated but they haven't done what scripture says, study, show yourself approved, a workman. Need it not be ashamed, doing what? 
rightly dividing the word of truth. So before you go out and you take some information out of context, just because you want to have something to say, do your due diligence of research, get your R&D, your research and development about whatever topic, and then turn your research on its head. Look for the gaps in the research. Look for spaces where you can your opinion or your experience can then be leveraged as expertise because now you have a different purview or perspective. Turn that thing, you know, shift the paradigm of it so that you can then inject that experiential knowledge, that anecdotal knowledge. Sometimes if you've done your own, uh, you know, personal research and you had your own uh, control groups and now you're ready to lend your voice as an authority to the field or the topic that you've researched, that now you are an authority because you've done the due diligence. Don't get up there just opening your mouth speaking. No. Make sure you are competent because the worst thing that can happen to you is that someone begins to now question the validity of your voice. Because once someone distrusts what you have to say, they will begin to spread that like wildfire. And then if they can prove what you've had, what you're saying is inaccurate, I can hear someone saying out there, oh yeah, we're checking those receipts. <laughs> That's right. And so whether you are a preacher, whether you are a public speaker, whether you are a, a professional speaker, a motivational speaker, an inspirational speaker, an empowerment speaker, there's so many terms for it. And then, and then let me also say, when you're coining these new phrases about what type of speaker you are, or I am a, a transfigurational leader, oh, what, what does that mean to the world? And if you're trying to create some new trend of who you are, and I just said that in a figurative way, just something to get you to say, what? Yeah. So if you're going to do that, then that content has to begin to build a level of confidence and competence in the people that are listening. You have to start teaching people about what that means, but you have to be prepared that if you're going to create that type of disruption in the market, that nobody out there is calling themselves that, I'm not discouraging you from doing that, but then you just have to start teaching people by your example of what does that mean. Like me, I tell you, I am not a servant leader. I am a transformational leader that serves. I know that about myself. When I come into any environment, I am there to increase the effectiveness. I am there to increase the efficiency. I'm, I am there to change and shift the culture. I'm there to challenge the ideas. I'm there to disrupt the status quo. And I'm there to help that community build a new normal. Once I have done those things in that community, it is time for me to move forward because then instead of people, because then what that does is it, it creates a lot of extra time for people. Once I build, once we help build new efficiencies, people don't know what to do with themselves because we have a process. We have a, a procedural dictates now that will free people up to think more critically really about their business. But if they're not careful because they're used to being busy, they're used to moving and rushing and doing these things, it frees them up to now be critical of me. Understand your purpose as a speaker there. Understand when, if you're there to cultivate more relationships. Like I had a speaking engagement today and I was able to kind of wet the palate within the 15, 20 minutes of me being within that engagement. And I know based upon the interviewer's uh, own statement, they said, Andre, we want to we want to have you back. So that is going to be a long-standing relationship. And as we continue to build that relationship, you have to know when the grace is up. When the grace is up for that relationship or when the grace is up on that particular point, you have to know how to transition fluidly to the next idea. So I always revisit where we were. So number one, we have to establish confidence. Number two, we have to create a connection. Number three, we have to develop and cultivate our character. Number four, we have to have quality content. Number five, de de develop a level of competence that will withstand interrogation and challenging. Number six, create a conversation. When you are creating a conversation, you have to, the most important part of a conversation is your ability to listen. 
Now I'm, I'm really getting ready to lay a secret out there for you. When I'm going into any organization, I want to know what their greatest challenge is. What's your greatest challenge here? And believe it or not, sometimes, most times the greatest challenge for any organization is to motivate their people. That's why they've called you in there. But here's what you have to do is you can't go in there just like, hey, I believe that all things are possible. You all can do it. If you have the mind to achieve, to believe it, you can achieve it. If you just uh, realize that you have a dream and a goal on the inside that deserves uh, to get the breath of life in it, that you are manifesting, people are going to be like, okay, that's good. I get it. Yeah. All right. How does that directly relate to what I do on a daily basis in this current position? Here's what you have to do. Research the company that you're going into. Research the leaders. Ask questions. Listen. What's the greatest challenge that your company is facing? How are you guys shifting the culture and climate of your organization uh, amidst this global pandemic, COVID-19? What level of resiliency training has your staff received? Are there any people on your staff that uh, have trauma-informed practices? How many people have either themselves uh, contracted the virus and or have lost family members or close loved ones to this? These are things that leaders in your organization should know. Um, what are you, and then watch this. Over the next five to 10 years, where do you see the organization going? What is the vision and the mission of the organization? How does the formal culture translate to informal practices that is impacting your culture on a daily basis? How are you equipping your mid-level managers? And most of the time, the people that are bringing you in are on the development side of the organization and they are not necessarily directly connected to the work that's happening on a daily basis. And there can be a level of contempt there between the people that are doing the work and the people that are bringing you in to motivate the people that are doing the work. So you have to break down those walls initially by helping the people who are doing the work by taking the time, helping them to see the value in what they're doing and to appreciate all of the work that has led the organization to this point. Even if the company is at a critical juncture, whether it is they're going to change or they're going to close, what has led them to this point, they weren't always doing bad, was the work of the people. You motivate the people, the efficiency and the effectiveness goes up. That translates to profitability and that translates for you another speaking engagement. Create a conversation. And when I'm telling you to create a conversation, I'm not telling you to go in there talking. I'm telling you to go in there doing what? Listening. Lastly, as a speaker, you have to understand that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You have to understand that by faith you are speaking those things that be not as though they were. You have to understand that you are forecasting that when you're speaking to someone's potential, you are speaking to that innate raw material. Uh, Dr. Underwood would say that inherent power within that person, you are activating them by the words that you are speaking. So a lot of times I see there's a comment here from one of my brothers. As I'm speaking, he says, I can see it, my brother, because the words that I'm speaking, they are translating to the vision that he has and showing a direct path and a process to begin to materialize what it is that they're believing. Absolutely. With your words, your words will create images. Those images are there to challenge that person to see themselves accomplishing that goal, to see themselves, whether it's in education, with a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree, whether it's in entrepreneurship, uh, creating that impact and that income that they so desire, which is going to impact how they serve their family, whether it's, um, you know, getting someone out of a rut of depression, being able to see that 
to to die to 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 spew up that anger turn inward and allow them to see the value in who they are. If it's someone with great anxiety to be able to calm themselves, to self-regulate, to self-soothe based upon techniques that you give them to breathe, inhale and exhale, to see themselves calming the storm. The words that you speak should paint a vivid picture. <laughs> I can think about my um, middle school um, English teacher, Mr. Hall. He would always have us uh, do creative writing exercises. And this coincides with number seven, uh, that you must always be expressing yourself in a creative way. I'm really going to lay out another secret here. When you are doing a presentation, and because I'm on a podcast and Facebook Live, uh, I haven't structured it in this way, so let me just admit that now. But you need to look at the type, the learning styles of everyone, whether they are kinesthetic, whether they are visual, whether they are auditory or verbal. Um, you need to create something in your presentation, every presentation, when you are speaking, Create something that will minister to every learning style. What I just said right there, I would charge a sizable amount of money because somebody's getting up there and you're presenting in the way that you learn. If you're an auditory learner, you're not even thinking about the visual learners. If you are a visual learner, you're not thinking about the kinesthetic, the need to move. Uh, that's why a lot of successful, successful speakers will always have you doing something. Uh, think about your preachers. Turn to your neighbor and say, high five your neighbor. Stand up. Clap your hands. Praise the Lord. They're not intentionally doing those things. That, that, those are just styles of preaching uh, that have been passed down uh, traditionally. But all of those things really create an opportunity for every learning style to be engaged. And then there was a time, I think about uh, Pastor Ed Young, where he was driving Ferraris on stage because now you have that image. Uh, or really, uh, let me tell you about a message that he shared that down at, uh, what was it, Manpower um, for Bishop T.D. Jakes. And I'll never forget, my brothers and I were down there and he was talking about the responsibility of men in the family. And he said, we are the umbrella fella. And he had this umbrella and he was talking about the order biblically uh, of the family. Let me be clear there. The order biblically of the family. And he was saying that the man was the covering to the wife, uh, that the wife and he's covering the children. And he said, and it didn't work well for him when his wife, because he was taller, his wife was holding the umbrella. He was getting wet, you know, all with the rain. But when as soon as he took the responsibility of holding the umbrella up, then now he was the umbrella fella. And everything and everyone under him is now covered because he is taking his place. But he had this umbrella and he had the imagery and he actually had the umbrella. And of course, as he's talking, he's got the umbrella going. And um, then he talks about how Christ is the head of the man. And so ultimately your family is covered because Christ is the head. And so now he's saying, man, listen, man, when the man, when you get under Christ and you submit yourself there, it covers your entire family. So now the imagery of the umbrella is forever ingrained in the listener's mind. Oh, my little ring light just went out. But it's forever ingrained in the mind of the listener and the viewer because now he has these different props that's conveying the principles that he's teaching. So make sure that when you are speaking, that you have an element that will minister or serve every learning style of the people that are listening to you. That was worth its weight in gold just for being here. We've gone through seven, what I'll call speaker secrets that will transform and change the trajectory of your speaking career. Number one, Establish confidence. Number two, create a connection. Number three, develop and cultivate your character. Number four, make sure that you create authentic content. Number five, establish a level of competency that you can be trusted. Number six, you need to make sure you create a conversation. 
And the most important part of a conversation is your ability to listen. Number seven, there must be elements of creativity in what you do or you will bore the people. All right. So I have shared seven speaker secrets tonight. And I'm willing to, if you have a group of speakers or young people uh, or anyone that's interested in this particular course, this seven uh, public speaking secrets or seven speaker secrets, I'll be willing to do it again. Um, but I definitely need to have a, an audience that is ready to take action because I want to see how you're going to apply this. I'm interested. Who, who are you going to impact with what you've learned today? Don't take this and then say, oh, I'm getting ready next week. I'm going to do a speaker series, except for I'm just going to try to change uh, some of the wording of what he said so that I can outlay the, the secrets from my perspective. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But what I'm asking you to do is sit with that information for a while. Digest it. Learn from it. Teach yourself about yourself. See where you've missed the mark. See where you can develop yourself as a better speaker. Because literally, people's lives will be changed by what you say. Even the people in your home, your life is the first life changed by what you say. Steward those words wise, wisely. And I'm going to close out with this tonight. Be careful what you say. Because someone just might actually believe you. Be careful what you say, because someone just might actually believe you. Last thought. To discover your voice is a gift. To learn how to use your voice is an art. And to empower others with your voice is a privilege and responsibility. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. And I'm Andre Ebron, and this has been another episode of the Drawing Board Podcast. God bless you. Peace.